Why? Why? <laughs> like, oh yeah, that all the things we've done to get out of self, they haven't seemed to have worked, have they? They've worked maybe temporarily. Why is that? Why is it that there seems to be nothing that succeeds in the noble endeavor of getting out of self? The self meaning the, the small self, whatever you want to call it, you know? The sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, which I think, you may talk about the ego, but it doesn't capture the depth of it, which is a sense, a vague feeling of being a you, isn't it? Every time there's something happens, and you, there's a feeling that it's happening to you, it's produced. Yeah? It's not just a thought, it's a sense. Yeah? So why does it, why all these methodologies and forms of getting out of self, why in a sense have they not, they don't seem to actually work? They may seem to work for a little while, but they don't actually work because nothing stabilizes, right? So if you go to one retreat, does one retreat do it? Usually not. If you do 10 days of meditation, does 10 days of meditation do it? No, you want you have to keep adding on more usually. Or you've got to mix it up. You've got to mix different modalities. Like, let's have some therapy and meditation and kayak. Yeah? I mean, I sold, I used to sell, no, seriously, I have, a, I used to get Buddhas and statuary from Asia, and I had used to sell it in front of my house in, in Tampa Valley, have a sale. And one day a guy came, and he wanted to buy a Buddha, but he didn't have any money. So he brought out all these brochures, and he, he, he's a meditation teacher, and he does retreats in Costa Rica or Mexico, and they're like a full-color brochure, like a travel, like, you know, hey, I, that's, that's an idyllic destination, let's go. Throw in a few hours of meditation, they're kayaking and scuba diving, and it's like a 10-day thing. And I, so I gave him the, the Buddha, and he never, he, he stiffed me for months. He never came back and paid me until about four months later. But I was looking at these brochures. What does this have to do? I mean, if you want to have fun, just have fucking fun. Why do you have to make it a spiritual retreat? Well, you know what I mean? Where you do like one hour meditation. So you see, if something actually worked, it would work. Something would stabilize, yeah? I, I feel the reason why all the methodologies to get out of self don't work is because you're actually not in self. There's nothing called self that you could be in. It's more of a verb that produces an appearance of a noun. So selfing, a mental process, is verbing, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always inferring a, a you. It's always pointing to this vague Paul. It's always assuming there's this historical figure. But you never actually see the historical figure. The most you can do is see a body that you're identified with. But you never actually see you unless you think you're a body. Yeah. If you believe you're a body, then you're seeing you. But this you has changed dramatically since when you first saw you when you were like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. So this whole idea, the selfing is a verb, a mental process that produces an illusion of a noun, a Paul. So here, yeah, you have this bottle here. And so if it was just a bottle, we'd see the bottle. Yeah. Now throw one little word in there, my bottle. What does the bottle infer now? That there's someone who owns the bottle, yeah? So every time I see something, everything I see is in cahoots. The mind is using it to infer the seer. Everything. All day, the way I witness thoughts, what they do, they imply there's a thinker. That I'm the thinker of those thoughts, yes? Actions, I'm the doer. So you see an action happen through this, just like you would see an action happen through that body. You don't believe you're the doer of those actions, do you? Because you're not, you're specifically identified with one body. So you can assume that you're the doer from here, but it would seem so absurd if you said, I'm the doer from there. Yeah. So the selfing, all it does is infer a noun. It keeps pointing out a, at, at a phantom you. There's actually nothing there, but your vision never turns around and looks. It just, it takes the appearance, it takes the assumption, and it just, it gets lazy. And so it keeps pointing, and you never go around and see, because there's nothing there. That's what you really are. No thing, not a thing. You're not a body. You think the eye's actually seeing the eye facilitates an activity called vision that's driven by consciousness. Without awareness or consciousness, there would be no seeing. 
Yeah? And if I died and nothing had happened to my head and you took out my eye and put it in a live body, that eye, which is never going to see again, as this dead body would see that moment, it got inserted and connected up with the nerves. It would produce the facility of vision again. Yeah? It's not me or you as a body that's seeing. This facilitates conscious contact. But what's in contact is conscious. It's aware. It's consciousness. It's not a body. And it's not a mental thought called Paul. Yeah? That's the whole thing. The verbing. Claiming, 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 private, you know, I'm the, I'm the one who's doing it. it. It privatizes, it claims, yes? It becomes the owner, the proprietor. The my is the act of identification. It claims that this is my body. This is my head. This is my time. These are my problems, yes? But there's always a singularity that's having all the multiplicity. There's always just one you that's having all the problems. It's just one you that's thinking all the thoughts. It's just one you that's doing all the actions are stemming from one you. Every action that happens during the day is assumed to be one doer in it. You. That's incredible, isn't it? That every event that's happening, every sunset's been seen only by one person. Every day, every, every, every thought, feeling, only me. I'm the only one. All of that's coming to this one point, this Alpha and Omega called Paul. jeez. Oh, the seeing is what's seeing everything. But you can never see what's seeing. It can't be, it can't be, it cannot happen because it's not of thingness. You can't hear what's hearing. You can't taste what's tasting. You'll never get behind the camera. What I am here as this is appearing in front of the camera of consciousness. It never gets behind the camera and it never becomes the one that's doing consciousness. Yeah? This comes after. The idea of being a Paul comes after conscious contact. Yeah? So who's in contact with life anyway? Who's actually having the experience of life? The idea of being you or consciousness? Could you imagine what would happen if you changed your point of reference from the you and allowed it to go back into consciousness? And then now, instead of seeing life as happening to you every freaking day, you would see life as happening? And it wouldn't be you producing that new view. You would just question the you. And what the you, that solid nowness, is seen to be as shaky as it actually is, just a form of agitation in the mind, yet from seeing that's not you, you would see life is happening. With no thought or effort on your part, it would just lock in. Yeah? And now you would be dealing with life in a whole different manner. Instead of taking everything so personally, you would just be taking it. Yes? It would be going and going and going, and you're going, going, and going. So that's my feeling why nothing works here, because we're trying to get out of an imaginary place. We are not a noun. I do not believe we're a body. Yes? That has not been shown to be true. If I'm not a body, if I'm not that fixed reference that's behind, in front of the camera, well then maybe I am what is in contact here. The consciousness. Just maybe I am not of thingness, even though there's an appearance of a thing, that I may be of no thingness. What would that... A lot would change, and in the changing, you would know the dilemma, if you want to call it that, by its absence. That's the only way you'll truly know that quote-unquote self has defeated you when the self is absent as you in your life. When you see it as a foreign installment, then you will know, oh, that's why. That's why it was like that. Yes? Now we're all speculating, trying to blame others and our family of origin and my upbringing. But you would really see the real disruptive, agitated, discomfortable, uncomfortable sense as exactly the presence of a false noun, yes, that's claiming the activity of no things. I'm the one who's conscious. And so I can actually become more conscious 
And as soon as I believe I can become more conscious, what becomes a reality to me? Less conscious. And usually you start from the less consciousness, which becomes the dominant state, looking to become more conscious. Yeah. Instead of realizing consciousness is all there is, there's no less or more. I can't move to a better location in everywhere. Yeah. Every location I'm in, every square of the game board is in everywhere. At every point, I'm at the center of it all. Where is there to go? Am I going to get closer to the center? If the center, if everywhere has a center, the center would be everywhere, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be based on time or space. It wouldn't be a physical location or a time in a certain time of day. It would be everywhere at all times. How can we not be that? We play so small by becoming identified as this. I swear. What becomes so real is separation when I identify with this. It has to be. I have to see myself unique from her and from you to have a fucking story here. Yeah? And the story is strangling most people. All they want to do, they, they like to get out of the effects of the story, but they don't want to give up authorship. They don't want to give up being the star of the show. It's, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. If there is no author, there's no story. Who's writing it? Who's writing your day's report? Who's saying, I needed to make money today, and I haven't? Who's failed today? Who hasn't measured up? Who's still on the waiting line of hope? I hope, I hope something changes. Where? Who's that? Who's always putting off okayness to a future event? As if it's going to be better than any moment you've ever been in. It's the only moment you have ever been in is now. No matter how far you go, when you get there, it will be now. It's never going to change. You can't escape the fact of what's happening here. No matter how much you want to partition it with time, it's a, a timeless event. Yeah? And it's the timelessness. We need a little of that influence. Because most people, if they, got, if they ran into peace of mind, they can't enjoy it. Because as soon as they run into peace of mind, the mind gets agitated because it's got a fear it's going to lose it tomorrow. Or if I stop meditating, I'll lose it. It's always, every possibility of openness causes the opposite effect in the head. It contracts. If something beautiful occurs, what does it do? It tries to grab it. It tries to own it. It tries to hold it. And as soon as that occurs, what happens? That spaciousness disappears seemingly. You can't claim and privatize this. Yeah. It's always available at all times. You can't measure a little bit of it out and start selling it to people. If you ask anyone who says they're quote-unquote awake, I like, to tell, I like to hear them tell how it happened and did they have anything to fucking do with it. So how can they give you a path when they got there with no path? How could they have... The very, have that, that sense of validation when they know damn well they had absolutely nothing to do with it. That grace and grace alone was it. Yeah? If you do this and you do this and you do this, you'll get that. No, you fucking won't. You can't get what you already are. If you got it, it wouldn't be that. If you got nothing, it would be something. The mind would have made it into something, would have neutered it. You know, the day uh, I was talking in this video, <laughs> like the day I got sober, you know, when I was in, I was in that trailer park in Calistoga on one of my lovely little uh, wine, wine, wine tours, <laughs> you know, <laughs> drinking Royal Gate Factor in a trailer with some guy I didn't know. And I'll tell you, a lot of people come to a, a, a change in their life through a bottom, you know, something emotional or physical or mental or traumatic event. Well, this was a regular day at the office. I was hunkered down into that lifestyle. I had no expectation of it ever getting better. I knew I was going to end up in front of those three doors, institution, jails, and death, and I was just trying to stay high until that happened. I did not have one thought about bettering myself. I had just been in a two-year program 
10 months before, and it didn't seem to work. So I basically had hunkered down. And while I was sitting there having that vodka, as it was getting past this one time, something inserted itself into my noggin. And, and like, a, like a fucking spiritual barricade stopped the linear story of Paul for maybe a minute or two. But in that minute or two, I was given the gift of what surrender was. I got hit by cars twice in one night. I didn't provoke a surrender. I've been shot at didn't provoke a surrender. I've seen my mother tear, tear-eyed for what I had been doing, never shifted any fucking thing. Yeah? Nothing. But here, the regular day at the office, just trying to get high, something broke into that little story, that incredible bubble of self-reflection, you know, that incredible incessant loop of self-importance broke in and some information downloaded and from that point on I've been sober. Yeah. Nothing, absolutely nothing to do with me. Yeah. Five minutes of that opening in this place shifted one character story, one action figure's life for the last 24 years. Could you imagine if you actually honored that space? What could possibly come to pass? I have, I do, I know. I've seen 30 years of my story erased in a nanosecond. All that writing, all that remembering, all that thinking like that when the appearance of grace occurred. How real was it? How real could it be if it would disappear so quickly? You seem to have huffed and puffed and built it up for 30 years and in a nanosecond it has no influence or effect because it never had any influence or effect. No matter how much I huffed and puffed and desire to become, I'm never going to be a self. I'm never going to leave my nature and take the nature of the body. I am never going to be a creature of time, and I'm never going to be a creature of space. Music's great, I love it. It's so cool. <laughs> it's such a trip event, you know, when you entertain possibilities. Because usually the only possibilities we've entertained are provided by self-centeredness. And we've been through every one of those possibilities. I will be, I once was, I hope it happens again. Yes, it just goes on and on and on. And you've been on that ride so many times. I mean, every ring in office is a brass ring. Yet we never get off, because why? We can't entertain getting off the horse, because we take ourselves to be the horse. We can't, we don't see that we've been ridden by a parasite. That if you could entertain, I'm not that, the next thing your mind could entertain is, hey, I can be free of it. Not, I can therapize it and make it not so fucking angry or rageful or vindictive or violent, or I can, you know, socialize it enough where I can go to a picnic and not flip out, but no, radically be free of it, free from it, yes? But you can never be free from it as it. That's the big hook it has. Identification as that fucking freezes your ability to entertain freedom. You can only entertain freedom as that, and that will never be freedom. It will be another form of bondage, yes? It always turns out to be another form of bondage. Every freedom as Paul turns out to be a form of bondage. Yeah? But freedom from Paul, from, not as, but from, that's radical. That works. Yeah. Once you entertain, it may not be you. A little bit of space may be produced. In that little bit of space, a pause gets generated. And that pause grows. And in a very nice way, it expands and pushes that out. And now, you're living in a pause. From what? A pause from Paul. Not a pause from a heavy day, but an incessant, long-lasting pause from Paul. Then the mind can enjoy peace of mind. Then the mind comprehends the word serenity. Then the mind knows peace. No, no, no. You cannot know peace in time. You can't. 
because the time will be inserted in it and you'll really believe you're going to lose it because you think you had something to do with it. If you had something to do with it, if you believe you have something to do with it, that's playing God. That's a very, very deep level of playing God. To take yourself, to take yourself to be the doer is putting yourself ahead of God, in a sense. In recovery, it says, the biggest unspoken step of recovery is to quit playing God. It doesn't work. Well, what would you, taking yourself to be the doer, in other words, God's not going to be known unless I decide to do something to know God. I would say you're the bigger God with that God. Yeah? The God that you think you want to know, I think you're giving it all the meaning it has. You're not opening up to the revelation of that God's meaning. It's giving itself. You're giving it the meaning it has. I would say that's the act of playing God. Yeah. In this self-God's world, what you produce is tons of guilt and shame. You're never left off the hook, are you? You're never let off the hook. There's always one thing you really believe you did that lays under there, and it's locked in. You're busy trying to take out the everyday ones, but that one's got you. It's got you right in the balls. You're not going to let it. You really believe you did it. <laughs> <laughs> You can let go of everything else with that one. <laughs> I really did it. <laughs> maybe I'm just saying, I don't know if you did or not, but maybe entertain the possibility you might not have been the one that had that come to pass. Yeah? You may have been just a... a, a I was talking on this tape, uh, the biggest, one of the biggest ones I had, it wasn't like a bad thing I did really, it was just when I was out there running around, I had gotten hit by this car, and so I was going to get a settlement, but I hadn't gotten it yet, so I always used that story with dealers so that they would front me, and I'd say, when I get my money, I'll give you more than you cost, and a lot of people fell for it, and I pulled it off for years. And while I was doing that, auctioning off this money I didn't have to get coke now, it's a pretty good deal, I had a thought to sort of, because I felt bad, you know, I had a, from all that behavior. So I had a counteracting thought was, when I get the money, I'm going to give my mother a nice big chunk of it. Yeah? So all the while I was running out there thinking I was the doer, because the idea of being powerless, no, I thought I did, I put every needle in my arm and shot everything up and drank, and I had a choice not to do that. I didn't have no idea of the disease aspect of it at that point. So to counteract that huge guilt was, I'm going to be a saint when I get the money. I'm going to go, because my mother, my mother was poor, you know, so I wanted to give her money. So every day for years, the money didn't come in, and I, had, I always kept entertaining that. Then I finally got the money. I got a very small settlement, which pissed me off. I think my brother-in-law stole some of the money, actually. <laughs> I was so out there, I didn't know what was going on. But they knew not to give me the money at one chunk. It was 35000 So, And I had to go back to New York, and they were only going to give me like 7000 to begin with, yeah? or 8000 And then they'd give me more. They was, because they knew I'd be dead, probably, if I got it all at once which almost happened. So I got the thing, and I bought a large amount of Coke. You know, I got like a half a pound. Not with the seven. Seven put it down, that I was going to pay him the rest left. So I got a half pound of Coke. And I, we rented a car, and we were driving out to this resort area called the Hamptons. And I drove right by my mother's house, my, my hometown, and I had maybe a little bit of a thought about stopping, and no, nope. <laughs> it didn't give her a fucking cent. Yeah. Now that was the hook in me when I got into recovery. That's where I felt I really did it. And I was not getting let off of that. I had been I had been convicted, I had been sentenced, and in that court of mind there was no fucking way I was getting out of it. It was like an airtight case. I needed I needed for that case, like many, many others, to be brought into the court of light where they are annulled and avoided. Yes? There's no way I'm gonna come out of here alive. <laughs> with the idea that I'm the doer, that I'm the owner, that this is my time. Fucking, I've really wasted my time. These are my, this is my money, where is it? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Once the mind gets introduced, you're in, bro. 
Yeah. Once you have a sense of being Paul, this ain't the this ain't the beginning point. This is the this is the end of the line. The mental process has produced the sense of you. You are starting from the end of a mental process, thinking this is the Alpha and Omega. From here, I am going to know everything in front of me. You are a product, almost like a conveyor belt. Yeah. The selfing, the selfing, selfing, its whole its whole product line is to produce a feeling that you're an individual, long-lasting, separate entity. If you have that strong feeling and you take yourself to be that, you are the product of selfing. You are not something separate and solid and unique. You are a product of a mental process. It's producing you and reinforcing it. How does it reinforce it? By everything you touch, see, feel, taste, and think, it's always indicating it's you that's doing it. You've hijacked consciousness, made it an attribute that you do, so everything you come in contact with, it's only the one you that's in contact with it. And then it has a thought system that revolves around you as a body. Check it out. Look at your thought system. How, do you, how does your thought system think of you in the past? It can only be able to think of you in a mythical past by picturing you as a body. When I go, oh, I remember I did that thing three years ago. What is it that was doing that thing three years ago? A body. A body. A body. My mind throws it back there and then fixates on it. That's all it does. It has to keep puffing and puffing because it's not so. It's an appearance. So appearances, just like in society, have to be kept up. Yeah? You have to keep up an appearance. You can't let go and be yourself because there is no self. So the mind's constantly keeping up the appearance. Thought system, everything that you come in contact with, it's you in contact with it. This vague sense of being the doer and the haver. All of those are attributes of a mental process to produce an effect. The effect is, is to convince mind that it's a fucking body. And in all the pains and sorrows of being a body, the only solution would be in mind, but you try to go there as a body. Instead of realizing you're not a body and you'd be in the solution. The solution is of mind, not a body. And I don't mean conditional mind, I mean mind, space, awareness, consciousness. That's the solution. There's been a mistaken identification. You can easily see how it works. If something kept pointing, 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 you would assume there's something there that's pointing at it. When something keeps talking about you, there must be a you there. If I'm so occupied with the you, there must be a you that can be occupied. It's a weird, weird logic the mind uses to pre produce this like holographic image of a body as being you. It's totally obsessed with it, so there must be something that it's obsessed with. Yeah. Or it's taking a position that it's the one that's obsessing. It's a beautiful strategy. Self can't get out of self. There's no escape. Every exit door is just another entrance into the hall of shit and fans. And then you buy maps to how to get you know navigate the whole of shit and fans without getting, getting hit so much. And you think you're really successful if you're not cleaning shit off your face every day. But you constantly kept running through the hallway of shit and fans. <laughs> and what's motivating you to move through them is there is an exit sign. Yes, I can only get there and it will be great. Back in. Oh my God. Why does this exit keep leading me into the entrance to the hallway of Jim Pan? You never stop to think about it. No, this time it's going to be different. <laughs> I think the hallway's getting shorter. <laughs> well, I just hope it is. <laughs> ah, it's a form of slavery. Literally. To seek every day for relief is a form of slavery, especially when all the relief temporally ends quickly, yeah? It's like getting something and then looking at the expiration date and it was yesterday. It's just like, oh, come on. Yeah. on and on and on. Isn't there any, is there any real peace? 
It's an imperative. There's a drive. Get relief. Get relief. Get relief. We were talking about all these forms of addiction. But what's the first addiction? The mind to the idea of being a self. It's addicted to this idea. It wants to become a self. It can never fulfill the mission. You can't lose your nature and become something else. Yes? There is an inherent nature called consciousness or awareness. I would say I am that. I cannot leave that and become a body, no matter how much it's thought about. No matter how much that's the point of interpretation. No matter how much everything I come in contact with is used to point at it. No matter how much people tell me I'm that, it's still not going to make it so. It's always going to be an unfulfilled desire, the desire to become, the desire to become. And then it uses the opposite method, the desire to unbecome. I don't want to be a fraud, I don't want to be a fraud. And yet, when you don't want to be a fraud, you feel like one thousands of times. It just goes on and on and on. It's like an eternal slinky. When it hits the wall, it just doesn't go over it, it just bounces. Nope. <laughs> self doesn't get out of self. It can't get out of self. You're not in self. That's why they all fail. There's a simple dilemma. You've made a misdiagnosis. What you think you're in is not real. That's the only out. Is to see that it's imaginary. To see that it's an imaginary problem. What would you do if you saw a problem as imaginary? Imaginary. What would you do? Absolutely nothing. That's the solution. You would do absolutely nothing if the problem was imaginary. Then the mind can read and then start moving in a different way. Instead of being self-centered, being centered. It's a different modality. The same mind, but a different vehicle. Instead of self-centered, yeah, which is like driving a Ferrari in a closet, you know, going around all around looking for all the hope and possibilities this place offers, which always dead end, yeah, you'd be open to a much larger uh, scheme, yeah. Instead of trying to become fulfilled, which is the desire to become, you would start from fulfillment, and maybe you'd be looking for how to express that. Maybe you'd be open to be available to others because you're pretty full in and of yourself. Yeah? Because when you're centered in being, it's complete. It's not in a process of becoming. Yeah? It's already so. It's so it's complete in and of itself. It's not of time. It's timeless. It's not adding on to itself. It's not fulfilling itself. It's not coming to a crescendo. It's so. Yeah? That's where peace of mind is. Because there's no agitation there. What we're in is an incessant agitation to become something. Why is the agitation so addictive? I have no idea, nor do I care. <laughs> we'll find out. But why isn't a good question. Just listen, and if it rings true, just hold it. Entertain it. See what it reveals. That's what happened with me. I heard this message... And I entertained it, and downloads started to occur. And stuff that I wasn't seeing, because I was seeing from those, that stuff, I started to see. Just like when you do this in, in the program of AA, you do the fourth step, and it sort of reveals the expressions of self in your life and how they defeated you. And if you have enough of them, you'll see the pattern of how self defeats you, and you'll see what self takes to be valuable. Because whatever it takes to be valuable, that's where its minions are. Resentments and fears and harming other people. You can never, it never, it never varies. It's a perfect diagnosis. Whatever your little head takes to be important, that's where all the fears and resentments and the fucking harms done to others reside, in most cases, yes? So you do that. Then the fifth step, you sh you, it's sort of like a trinity event. There's a person... Who had, who's going to share the fifth step, there's a person that hears it, and then there's a higher power. If one of them's missing, it won't work. Yeah? If you're just talking to another person, and that juice isn't being asked to be available, which it already is, then it doesn't work. If you're just talking to God and no one else, it doesn't work. Yes? So what happens? When you share about it, something's come out in the open, and there's defects of characters that become apparent that you didn't even know were running you. 
Then step six is, while you're living, you see those things come up. Instead of seeing them after the fact, you start seeing them while they're happening, and then it even speeds up where you see them before they start. Yeah? That step, and then you become entirely ready to have what you're seeing removed. And if it's going to be valuable to others, they will be removed. And then you humbly ask a power greater than you to remove them. That's how it works, in a way, yeah? But if you believe they're you, yes? If you believe the expressions of self are your expressions, your ability to let them go is severely constrained because they're yours. A fear is, there's nothing like a fear when it turns into my fear. My fear has a lot more juice than a fear. Yeah? My resentment has a lot more juice than a resentment. My thought has a lot more juice than just a thought. As soon as the identification as the one who has it occurs, it's sort of like a crazy glue. Yeah? You don't even know why you're glued to something, but there's an agenda going on. Yeah? And you can't seem to get separated. Yeah? But if you see these manifestations in your life as expressions of self, and you see that self isn't you, and when you come to the conclusion that what has defeated you is self, and then you get a glue full of alcoholics or addicts or anyone, and ask what self defeated you, they always have the exact same answer, myself, then you see the real activity of the problem, the my, not the self. The self is just a mental process. The my of it, once the mind becomes identified with it, that's when self actualizes here. That's when it manifests. That's when it has, has the oomph to express. If there's an identification as it, your sort of God juice is given over to that, and then it plays God. Yeah? It plays God. It rises, it rises, it rises fear out of mental anxiety. You'll be flipping out about something that's not even happening most of the day. At least Jesus rose someone from the dead who was once alive. The mind just rises, takes, raises anxiety out of nothing. It's not even fucking happening, nor has it happened. Yeah. How could that occur if that didn't have God juice to do it? Yeah. How could something be raised from nothing? Yeah. By you? No, by the juice that we are. And that juice has been given over to the idea of being a self, and the self is playing God with our God juice, in a way. And we seem to be at the effect of it, and we bitch about it, and we moan about it, but we rarely, rarely get to the point of looking at what's the, what's the cause and effect, what's the source of this situation. Like, we're living in a planet, and there's this asteroid belt, and some of them fly out and run into us. And we fucking bitch about the asteroids, as if they have an intention to fuck with us. But it's the planet's gravitational pull that's holding the asteroid belt the way it is. If there was no planet, they'd go somewhere else. Yes? You gotta see, that's the whole point of A, is finally bringing it back to you. Instead of saying, oh, everything would be great if everyone else would change. No, we look at what we're like, yeah? And hopefully, what we've been avoiding and denying, we actually let it be us, and if you really let it be you, it will reveal that it's not you. But as long as you're denying it, disassociating, shooting up about it, trying to drink over it, it's going to be as real as real fucking can be. I watched it, I've seen it, I've seen mine. All those 10-day runs on coke, I was awake. I saw a lot of shit, this fucking rat-like apparition of selfing. It's like a paras it's like a parasite. It has parasitical tendencies. It wants a life and it doesn't have one, so it gets to life, it gets to have a life through this. And it ain't gonna let you go, and it ain't gonna be your friend. And it ain't gonna stop biting you. It's like a snake. I don't care how much you like it and feed it, it's still going to bite you sooner or later. That's its nature. This has a parasitical nature. It sucks out, not gives in. It takes, not offers to give. It sucks. It sucks out the breath, not blows anything in. That's its nature. Take, 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 take.
No matter how much drugs you put in, it take more. No matter how much alcohol you drink, you can still have another drink. It's relentless. It never comes to a point where it's satiated. Because its desire is never fulfilled. It can't become a body. I love it. But if the mind sees that, I swear, if it would see the failedness of the system that it's relying on, it would get off that fucking system. I'm telling you. It says it in our book in recovery. Why are you in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? The system of self-reliance is a failed system. It's not about you. That's the part, that's the product of the system of self-reliance. You always feel it's about you. You're the one who fucked up. No, the system sucks. It doesn't promote harmonious balance and peace of mind and serenity. It promotes agitation. Seeking. What happens when you introduce to something? Isn't there, can I get more? Is there someone having a better one? You know, let's see. I caught a nice wave, but that guy caught a bigger wave. It's unbelievable. It's incessant. It's a form of slavery. I found freedom from it, not as it afforded. You know, and by its absence, I've learned a lot about it. I swear, I feel like I've seen it from head to toe. It roars, but doesn't really have a bite, you know? The movie it runs isn't that good. What it does is it co-ops the audience. You give it all the meaning it has. You've given this place the meaning of being real. I believe you and I have the natural ability to see that as false, but not as the parasite. This will always be as real as real can be. Like Jesus talked about the single eye, you know, if you have the single eye, your body will be full of light. Yes, but right now we're looking from two eyes. And this, this, these eyes and this vision is built to see things. But I believe the mind has the capability of seeing nothing. I believe the mind can see spirit. I believe the mind is spirit. Yeah. I believe the mind's gaze goes on infinitely because it never touches anything. It just sees nothing. On and on and on and on and on. And there's a great peace in that. There's a great freedom in that. There's a, a great sense of spaciousness just like when you go into that cathedral, the spaciousness of the place produces a presence. Well, your own mind is like that. The spaciousness of our own mind produces an incredible presence. Yeah. If the interest of attention could go there and not always to a thing that's appearing in that space, but to sense the space itself, I would bet you that seeking would come to a halt. You could really enjoy the idea of being taken care of. You would actually enjoy the feeling of being taken care of. It wouldn't just be an idea to try to mask all the worries you have about not being taken care of, but it would actually be a state of mind. You would be living in the state of being taken care of. Yeah. It's like a kid. When you were playing, did you have any boundaries? You were running around like crazy and everything like that. Yes. There was a sense of immediacy and spontaneity. There wasn't much thought. I never, when I was playing when I was a kid, there wasn't any narrator going, you're playing right now. I didn't need anyone to tell me what was happening. I was in it, yeah? I don't need for my mind to tell me I'm going to the bathroom when I'm going to the bathroom. It's obviously evident I'm going to the bathroom. Why does, why, why does I have to have this like this mobile narrator all day? You know what I mean? When was the last time you walked in a room and didn't think about anything? 
or your attention wasn't on all the thoughts, but is someone here that I want to see, or is this, oh, he's not here tonight, or whatever. Yeah, instead of just, you know, walking into the space here, you know. We've been living in interpretation, we have. This is about living, yeah. This is about conscious contact as the emphasis, not on you, but on the consciousness that's in contact. Having that be emphasized, see how it works. We've tried it the other way. I mean, this thing has been thought about thousands and thousands and thousands of times, probably in the last month. Like Jesus says, thought will not add one little inch to your hair. Whatever. We've thousands and thousands and thousands of thoughts about me. <laughs> I've been under an avalanche of thoughts about me for years. I'm like digging, I'm always having to dig, dig out, you know what I mean? Before I even get up to go out in the morning, me. <laughs> still not to this day has it produced a you, a real you. There's still consciousness being expressed right now. You haven't turned into a body. You'd be like a rock if you turned into a body. So. Think it out. It may work for you. Work for me. Allows me to travel a lot later over the terrain of my life years now. So, I mean, what more proof do you want? Something finally worked. It's worthy of the name solution. It really is. Yeah? A radical solution. That in, in the enjoyment or the entertaining of it, that's the highest form of maintenance. Yeah? Just by sensing the presence, that's the greatest maintenance to the presence. Yeah? Just by the participation as that as that gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then immunity sets in. You have an immunity to the selfing, yeah. You've realized that the end product will never be made, never could have been made, and never has been made. There's no fucking way. Therefore, there's a sense of suspicion in all the little uh, parts of the process of becoming. Because it never, never reaches climax, ever. Nor can it. Because it's something already. Yeah? You are of a spiritual nature, I would say. Or of a no-thing nature. There's no way that's going to be forgotten and you're going to turn into a thing. And then that thing's going to want a little bit of no-thingness called spirituality. And try to graft it on its thingness. Have you ever seen no thing is grafted onto a thing, have you? And have it really last? I have never seen it work. Yeah. They don't, it's like oil and water. They don't actually mix in a way. You can't, I can't as a thing acquire no thingness. This is not going to become spiritual. <laughs> There's just no way in hell it's going to become spiritual. It may think it's spiritual, but it's going to think it's spiritual as a physicality. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really spiritual now. <laughs> no, you're not the physicality. What does that make you? Find out. Find out what it makes you not to be that. Find out. If you were told, it wouldn't matter because you'd be hearing it as a body. So find out, entertain. Am I, am I that? Maybe ask some subjective questions during the day. Like when you notice your head's worrying about next week, ask who is it? Who is it that's doing this? See if you are the doer. Let's see if you are the thinker of the thoughts. If you are the thinker of the thoughts, then why do you have trouble stopping the thoughts if you're the one that's doing them? If you're the one that's doing them, and you'd really like to have them all be good, why aren't they? Why would something that you're doing be so unruly to the doer? Yeah? Is it that wild as it left you that it, it's got its own defiance? So I did it, but it's not, it's not following my orders anymore. It's not obedient anymore. It's gone wild. How could that be if you're the doer of it? If you're the thinker, then stop thinking. 
or think only good thoughts. Obviously, you don't have much say in it, right? Because what we're talking from is a thought, an idea, and who's, which is separating itself from other thoughts, and now takes itself to be the thinker of them. But we're just a thought the mind is having. The idea of me is a thought. The you is appearing, and the I is activated. There's consciousness occurring. But the sense of me is a thought. I don't see any me. I see this thing you call a you, call a you. Yeah? When you look at this, you call it a you. Yeah? Every freaking day, it would never change. If you, when you see this, it's a you. Yeah? And if there's 800 of you there... That would be the same experience for all of them. There would be no, not one time that it turned into a me for you. No matter how many times you look this way, it would be a you. This is the fact. This is a you. While I'm looking at that, that's a you. Why is it that this you suddenly, miraculously becomes a me? That's, there's only one me in this whole world. There's only one me. Even though the whole world says I'm a you, when they look at this distraction, I'm big to differ with you. I know who I am. I'm me. Yeah? There is the rub right there. If that me could be looked at and seen not to be so, then the interest and attention would leave that slavery and some would go to the you to take care of the body and a lot would go to the I and rest in that peace. Yeah? The me has about 98% of it now sucked in. So usually when you're dealing with your body, you're really dealing with your mind's concept of the body. And the I, you're thinking it's something you're going to acquire out there, spirituality. You don't even recognize it as your own nature. Yeah? The me. And the me is getting fed with the interest and attention and it's gluttonous. It just keeps demanding more. More, more, more. What if you're not that? I bet you that you was going to do a whole lot better when it's not a me. I'm telling you. And the I will be set free, which has never been bound. But it won't, be, it won't be waiting to be approached by a me. It will realize it's so prior to the me that there's I and I alone. Yeah? Like we were talking today at this meeting and they were saying, well, what level of God playing God? Well, the incredible thing of playing God is that usually your approach to God is based on you, right? You're the one who tells you how good you're doing about God. You don't see that as a form of playing God? With God? You know? If, so, if I'm going to... Who tells me if I feel connected to God? My head does. You know? Who says I'm disconnected to God? My head. I would say that's God playing, isn't it? If God is everywhere, why haven't I bumped into him? Why hasn't he informed me of himself if he's that powerful? Why is it always up to me to know God? And what happens when I know God? What does that make me? A knower of God. When a great master said, to know God is to be God. But no, my experience is to know God is to be a knower of God. Where does the emphasis go then on God or the knower of God? Where does the attention go? To God? Do you forget yourself? No, you're remembering yourself as a knower of God. When Saramana Mahashi, I feel a great master said, to know God is to be God. To know is to be. Fucking, that's knowledge, man. That's finding out. That's like convincing. That's like direct, yes? To know is to be. Not to know to be a knower of. Not to know God and be a lover of God. It will always be the emphasis on you. All the time. You, 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 you. Yeah? Yet the, some great teachers like St. Francis says, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn. It's in forgetting the self that something that's obvious becomes obvious to you. But while you're remembering the self and trying to know that presence, it's going to seem to be absent. Because you're so full of this absence, you're causing it to seem to be present. So, I don't know. This is my ninth hour of the last two days speaking on this. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a marathon, like a Jerry Lewis marathon, a non-duality marathon. <laughs> I'm still enthused because I can't help it. I mean, if you fell onto a nugget that has produced the effects that this has, we would just be staying on our knees most of the day, really. 
The only thing it could, the only appropriate response is honor. Just honor of it. Honor of it. The incomprehensible not knowing of it is great. Then you find out. Yeah? Not like something you studied on the glass, but a living knowledge. Yeah? Like a, like a, a translation, immediate translation into an attitude and an outlook and stuff like that. So if you're waiting to get an experience of your own absence, you're never going to be there for it. <laughs> so if you're waiting to get this, give it up. Because that which is waiting to get it will never, never get it. <laughs> I love that message. <laughs> If any message is worth its salt, it has a timeless quality to it. It has to. If it's put into time, I would be suspicious of even. Because the nature of mind is timeless. It's not of time. The nature of manifestation is of time, but not the nature of mind. So, hey, nice to see you, Sonny. You're going to get a short and sweet little bit tonight. Yeah, good. Well, hopefully it's tasty. You don't need it. Not. It's like, uh, yeah. It's, you don't need a lot of this. Just let it in. See what happens. That's what happened with me. You know, I went to a meeting years ago. Some lady was presenting similar idea, but not in the context of the company. You know, but it didn't matter. My head hurt it a little. And uh, it was as if what I was taking myself to be was really like a camera. The aperture had a certain lock that I thought this is what was so, you know. I would call it self-centered. But the, the capability of the lens is to open way up, yeah. But the selfing locked it in place. So when I was seeing things arise, like mental states and emotions, I thought it was me that was seeing them. But really, when I heard her speak, the first revelation I had is, I've, I've been taking a mental state as myself. See? The selfing had moved to the point of observing itself. Yeah, it was a beautiful move by the selfing. Yeah, and it will do that. It will stay in its own loop and think you're like being observing what you're not. That's no, 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 no. That's the false observer. There's no true observer. There's just seeing. Yeah. So when I listened to her, my head went like this. You know, I was used to being like this, and then just went like the lens opened up, yeah? and I sensed. The lens opened up, yeah, and it was really fucking big and spacious. Yeah, it was really cool. So I had like an unspoken yes in me. I could just know this was so. You know what I mean? Beyond any kind of investigation, you just know something. I just knew it, and so I pursued listening to different people. Then I started reading a few books, and every once in a while, something would occur. A lot of times, it seemed to be uh, prompted by. Uh, self-inquiry, asking subjective questions, the thing would go <laughs> and open more. And it was sort of like, there would be like, a and you know, like if this room stayed exactly the way it's appearing, but dropped like 10 feet, unless you were really fast, you wouldn't have noticed something changed. But that's what happened. Over time, I realized I was dropping into levels of relaxation. Yeah? That I had never visited after getting like five massages in one day, not even close. It was just, <laughs> and so the lenses just kept opening. Yeah? And the possibility is if you're able to entertain, which you are, that's all the mind's doing, and if you're entertaining this, it's part of the entertaining of it is cocoon. Yeah? And so what was being seen from now starts to be seen. Yes? So you're taking yourself to be this, suddenly the lens goes up and back, and then you see that you were taking yourself to be. In other words, your day, your life started from here out. Now you're seeing all this space. And you, yeah? So here you were, Paul, and everything seemed to stop, you know, this is Paul, solid, this is where the buck ends, you know, the buck stops here, and then everything else is happening to this. Suddenly, this was way over here, and it was all this space between whatever that is and this that I was taking myself to be. That is cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. It can keep opening up, there's no end to it. 
there's no end to it. So once you start seeing what you used to see from, that's real seeing to me. Yeah? As soon as you see it, there's a hint that you must not be that if you can see it. Sooner or later, in one of those samples, you'll get that flavor. I mustn't be that. Why? Because I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the production of this feeling. I'm seeing that point, that finger that was always pointing at me. Now all it's pointing at is a large amount of space. There is no Paul. There's just the pointing in space. And the mind gives this assumption that there's a noun there and a solidity. But in fact, what I'm seeing now, the point, it's all pointing. There's no moon. Yeah? There's no moon the finger's pointing at. There's just pointing. And then the mind makes this assumption there's a moon. But there's no moon. There's no Paul. I would imagine you'll have a much better day the next day. <laughs> You're bound to be able to travel lighter. <laughs> With no thought or effort on your part. <laughs> you'll be placed in a position of neutrality. <laughs> the problem will not exist for you anymore. You'll be reborn. Let's say you'll be unborn, which is really cool. Yeah. I don't know. That's why we do these talks. I don't know why, actually. I have nothing else to do on Monday nights. <laughs> really. If something along came better along, I'd probably do it, but nothing. I never get any of my invitations. So I'm stuck here. And I pay for it, so I got to can't waste the money for the rent. <laughs> no, I like, I just love entertaining this idea. Seems to have not dimmed out over 20, I don't know how many years now. It wasn't exactly this when I first started, but it was the same flavor. I had that same enthusiasm. I didn't have it, but there's an enthusiasm that seems to be never ending. It just, because it's like, look, it's like a kid looking out into the you know, the sky at night, the stars, that kid could stay there forever if it would stay at night, you know? You just get absorbed in that. It's like you finally see your original face and the byproducts is like you feel a satisfaction, not a seeking anymore. You feel like okayness is the inherent condition, not agitated unokayness. Yeah? You think all is well, not all is going to be well, but all is well. No matter how I'm perceiving it at the time, if the seeing is, is, is there, then all is well. But how could it not be there? Yes? Throw away well. Well, whatever. <laughs> don't start. I know, I know. All is. I know, but don't start right now. Hmm? You've experienced yes. the reason. Yes. There's a reason for <laughs> I'm using this to convey something, bro. You know that. Yes, yes. This is a performance trying to deliver one little bit of goods, which is something that's already there. <laughs> I'm trying to give you nothing, basically. <laughs> All there is is is. All right, any questions for tonight? The, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, but yeah. <laughs> Stay right there, bro. That's the answer. <laughs> Our friend here is going to become a doctor. He's saddled with $200,000 worth of loans. <laughs> and he's inherently totally okay. Yes. So the okay, that's the okay. The now is, uh, it's, there's something that's resisting okay now. There's something yes, that wants right. okay later. That's right. And then okay now, no, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay later, yeah. Because okay later, okay, yeah. It's a, it's a movement, that's why. There's got to be seeking to, to have a sense of a seeker, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it thrives with the with the, the 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 objective goal to be somewhere else at some other time, so you can keep moving towards it, because you'll be a you moving towards it every step of the way. Now, 
the you's unnecessary or the me, yeah. Conscious contact reigns supreme in the now. But in the mental realm, the mental apparition reigns supreme or appears to. But now, consciousness reigns supreme. That's what's happening, is conscious contact. Yeah? In that conscious contact, there's consciousness about a mental interpretation. But in the mental realm, the consciousness about that's forgotten, and the mental interpretation becomes the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah? Here, and only here, which all there is, is the immunity or the antidote to that disease of mind, is consciousness and contact. Instead of being so concerned about what's in contact or what's your what's being in contact, that just to have a sense of the consciousness, yeah. see what it's like. Yeah. For me, the experience is more of uh, your story. I guess your self-taught story is getting a lot of holes in it, yeah. or you're getting a better understanding of it, or it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Sort of there. And it loosens up the space, eh? Right, but uh, I'm wondering if there's a reinterpretation of the story or the story is just is the selfish itself or is there, you know... There'll be many revisions and reinterpretations. Right. Yeah? So it doesn't make sense anymore in terms of loosening the story. No. But you hear, you're going to hear it, but you know, the listening is sort of optional in a way. Hearing it isn't. You're going to hear it because you're conscious, so you're going to hear the story. Right. But to listen to it is different. But yeah. the story is changing. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it changes. It's not the same old, same old story. No, no. It's going to try to. It's going to use the new and updated version of the trance. See, it's lazy, but once you start start questioning it, it tries to pull out the big guns. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some good ones in there that it feels like it always hooks you with. So. Yeah, you're doing good, bro. You seem to be a lot brighter and happier than you when you first started. Yes, thanks. Yeah, that's good. Damn, you're lagging behind. You need to do a little more work. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll just keep Zen Mark contained out there. Yeah, we don't want him in the inner circle. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, we'll pass the basket. That's it. No more questions. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, thank you. Oh, you're welcome, man. My pleasure. I'm on a run, man. I just can't help myself. Yes. Hearts. Hearts.